Pushkin. Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10 times points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side by side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G-connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is Accelerating Innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I'm Sachil Gonzalez, and I wrote The Fake Poor Bride for The Atlantic, and it's the story of the week. Would you please introduce yourself to the listener? I'm your lovely wife, Cassandra. Yes. And when I proposed to you, one of us wanted a wedding and one of us did not. Yes. It's not important which one. Here's the big reveal. Okay. You wanted the wedding. I did want a wedding because you get one chance in your life to have a wedding. To wear a beautiful dress. No, it's important to do this in front of family and friends and have a moment that, you know, it binds you. It keeps you from just running away. You've done this thing in front of people. I think it's because you have FOMO. Oh. And you are more of a traditionalist than you let on. And you wanted to elope. Yes. And do Well, you... no, I don't know. Elope makes it sound so almost like rebellious and dirty and rash. But it was more that I just didn't want to have a wedding. Part of the problem with the wedding for me oh. is because I knew that the default was going to be on me doing much of the work. What are you talking about? I found the place. I, I picked the Wait, menu. excuse me. We both scouted places together. That's true. I arranged the flower. You problem, did the flowers. Okay, the problem was, and I found the photographer. Yes, you're Lots. Mrs. Dalloway. We're okay. all very impressed. But <laughs> I, Joel, nobody understands your Mrs. Dalloway jokes. <laughs> you always joke about Mrs. Dalloway and nobody gets it. It's like your way of You're distracting from signaling. the problem. I did so much more than you think I did. This is so not fair. First of all, a lot of it was convincing you. That, yes, we need music at our wedding. Yes, we need flowers at our wedding. Yes, we need a photographer. People don't want to be invited to a wedding that isn't a wedding. I'm thrilled that we had a wedding. I thought it was lovely. I was going to end this intro by asking you to renew our vows, but I guess that's not in the cards. We could. Let's go to City Hall. (laughs) We're going to rent out a restaurant. We're going to elope, renew our vows. Have a nice meal with some of our friends. All right, to date. <laughs> to date. 
Writing is hard, who's got that kind of time? When you're already busy trying to be Joe Stein So he turns on a mic, maybe twiddles a knob Calls a journalist friend who's got an actual job Auditory, single story, just listen to smart people speak Conversation, filled with information, it's a story When she was at college at Brown, Sochil Gonzalez met some people that she called fake poor. My wife went to Skidmore, which was full of these people. They're kids who grew up super rich and were desperate to seem normal. They'd actually sometimes borrow money from you and then not pay you back, pretending somehow that they couldn't. It's the pulp song Common People, which we can't afford the rights to, so just trust me. After Brown, Sochil worked as a wedding planner in New York City for ultra-rich people. But there was one wedding she was hired to do for a fake poor bride. Sochil wrote about planning this wedding both in her novel, Olga Dies Dreaming, and her recent article for The Atlantic. Wait, okay, so growing up, how much did you know about, like, high-end weddings? I knew nothing about high-end wedding. I mean, my family's from Brooklyn and everybody just had a catering hall wedding. You know, like if they were going to have a wedding, they'd go to like one of these turnkey catering halls. Yeah. And yeah, and it's like, you know, X number of dollars ahead. And there's, you know, maybe you splurge and have a Venetian hour. If really fancy relatives got married at Roos's on the Bay in Queens and you'd come out nice. of the floor. Yeah, it was lavish in a very outer borough kind of way. What was your parents' wedding like? You said that they had a football wedding? Oh, my grandparents had a football wedding. I don't know what that is. That is, oh, a football wedding is like... It sounds like the most American thing I've ever heard. Is It's either so American or I always like, it seems so like (laughs) ethnic. Like you get Italian heroes and they're sort of wrapped up in tinfoil. You know, you go to like a deli, you get Mm -hmm. a bunch of heroes. And then people just call out to whoever's standing near the table where all the sandwiches are, and they toss the hero to whoever they want. They're like, oh, give me a turkey, give me a provolone, give me a salami, and then they throw them. And (laughs) so that's why it was known as a football wedding, because they would toss heroes across the little hall that you'd rent out. The tossing is a key part to the wedding. Yes, the food distribution system was tossing and that's how that that was the wedding. So this was kind of what my family knew about weddings. Nobody understood at all what it was that I was doing. And I almost don't even know in the beginning that I totally understood what I was getting into. You graduate Brown and do you immediately start this wedding planning business? No. I graduated Brown. I worked at a really bad art gallery in Soho for a while where I was mildly abused and being paid minimum wage. I ended up getting a job like art adjacent, I was like planning events for an advertising award show. And I met all of these creative directors, like, you know, the mad men of the 90s, one might say. And they would like, they started getting married and they're like, you know, you plan such great parties. Would you want to help with our wedding? We want to have like an unusual wedding. And so that was sort of how I segued into weddings. What year is this around when you started? This is like 03, 03, 04. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, I I need to get an idea of how much money we're talking. Like how much do you charge and how much, how expensive are these weddings? So at this point, we were probably still charging a flat fee. So we would charge, you know, 
anywhere between 15 and like $25,000. That's a good business. We were doing well. Like I was like proud of it. Like, you know, like I was like, this is going great. And then one day I get this phone call and the woman says, this is an emergency. I need you to save my daughter's wedding. And I was like, okay. And she was like, you have to come uptown to my house because only then can you understand the disaster that's happening and this wedding is in six weeks and you need to come to see my house in order for me to explain this to you. My daughter's gonna, is coming in to meet you tomorrow, but I need to see you tonight. Okay, so this mom calls you and what's your reaction? Do you think, oh, I'll go up and take that meeting or this sounds awful or? Yeah, you know, the thing is, you are so frog boiled into bizarre and crazy that like, you're just like, all huh. right. You know, yeah. and so she just gives you an address and you're just like, maybe I'll make some money. And then like, literally the last thing she says before she hangs up the phone is, by the way, I'm very, very rich. And then she just <laughs> hangs up the phone. <laughs> okay, now when someone says I'm very, very rich, does that mean they're very, very rich or it means they're not? So, you know, normally you would think that they're not, right? It's like a Real Housewives kind of thing to say, you know, I'm rich. Like, it's yeah, like, yeah. like who actually says that? But, but in this particular case, it was true. And the other thing is the skill that I really have is really sniffing out money. Like at one point I could tell you sort of like what the average like household income of a neighborhood was. Cause I'd be like, where do they live? And like, I'd look up the address. Like, you know, like. Can you tell how much money I have just from talking to me? No, I, I can't. But like, I could probably ask some leading questions, but I won't because, you know, <laughs> we're going to be friends. Give me one question to ask people to find out if they're rich. Well, the number one thing I would ask now is like, what are you up to this summer? Nice. <laughs> That's perfect. Okay. So you go up. So I go up and it was truly very rich. I mean, you sort of walk in and the elevator opens and you are like in a marble floored hallway and there's oil paintings on every wall. And there's a housekeeper that meets you who's dressed like you would imagine a housekeeper. And wait, no, an actual like maid outfit. Yeah. You know, I didn't know that still happened. It still totally happens. I really liked the mother of the bride. I'm going to okay. admit, like I really- Right away. Right away, because it was like, she did the whole thing. And what later I would come to find out, she was not herself from a lot of money, right? Like they had sort of like come into the money as like she had married and she really enjoyed it for that reason, right? And the mom looked very Upper East Side. That's the best way to put it. Like real thin, like, you know, just- Chanel head to toe, like just really um, dressed all the time. And she hated to eat, but loved to drink. And I just kind of like dug it. Like, you know, it was like, it's she a life. Just was, it's yeah. a life. You walk into this apartment. Is yeah. there a piano right away? There's a piano. There's okay. totally a piano. And she's waiting in the library because there's a library and it's oh. just for books and her computer. And right away, she was like, she was like, this is the problem, right? And she sort of gestures around to the, the room and she's like, she's embarrassed of it. And she's like, she's embarrassed of all of this. And so the whole thing was that the daughter didn't want the mother to have anything to do with it except to pay for it. She was like, I just want to have an average budget wedding. So the mom in the beginning didn't even know what that meant, but she's like, fine, go ahead. And now as the wedding's approaching, they go to see the venue and the mother is like, finally, like is allowed to be included in something. And she realizes that what's average is terrible. You have to realize this is building on top of years. You know, the mom had like, 
She's like, she's like, she's rejecting all my fineries. She's living in a walk-up. Like, she's wearing Old Navy. I'm trying to give her this lovely life. My other kids are so happy to come to the house in the Hamptons to wear all my couture. Like, she won't have any of it. So this was building off of years of exasperation. Was it going to be at least a nice average wedding that this woman was going to have? It didn't help that there wasn't a lot of good taste involved. When I arrived, it was kind of neither here nor there. It was neither a nice low budget wedding nor a, a well done, like expensive wedding. It was it was hovering in this realm of like, I don't know what I am. So what were the details that you and the mom didn't approve of? Well, there we had them like, I think sitting at picnic tables, there was like a jam jar trend that was running around at the time. And so like there were supposed to be jam jars for wine glasses. Little mason jars for yeah, wine glasses? Yeah, little mason jars for wine glasses. And like, like some that. of it was, they just had too many people for the space. So, like, it was going to be very, very hot. The AC in the venue didn't completely work. It was really, um, it was a bit of a mess. And so the mom says, listen, (laughs) she's like, you have got to help me because she can be poor all she wants. But my friends know we have money and I can't stand by this. Like, right. So the woman explains to me how it's going to work. And what I was supposed to do was essentially start to slowly upgrade things. And as the daughter was concerned about cost or expresses anxiety about cost, I'm supposed to just say it's included in the contract, right? So like, you know, you would say, how about we serve these baby lamb chops instead of the pigs in a blanket? And I'd be like, well, they're very good, but is that going to add a lot to the budget? And you would just be like, it's included in the contract. And then the mom would secretly pay the upgrade fee. First of all, that's insane. But secondly... I don't see how that works because if my whole goal is to present poor, then no one knows what I paid. I'm going to look rich, which is against the whole point of being fake poor. So what we agreed upon was that it was never going to be ostentatious, but that we were going to find a way to nice so that it would be the type of thing where if you didn't know what things cost, you wouldn't necessarily walk in and think like that was lavish, right? Like it's like, Right, there's probably like, a couple signifiers that you have to avoid that yeah, let people know right. it's super expensive. And a lot of the time it's in most people's mind it's like big floral arrangements, right? Yes. Like they don't realize that actually what was most expensive is that we recovered all of the old floor with new floor and brought in an air conditioning unit, right? Like waiters cost a lot of money. Yeah. People cost a lot of money, but like But people are the difference between your table being full of dirty glasses and you having like a super clean table, always having your wine glass refilled. But this is so. okay. it's duplicitous, isn't it? It's 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 fiendish in some ways. Do you think about saying no? Like this seems really both uh, challenging and ethically uh, precarious, like perhaps subconsciously. I had had a lot of resentments for fake poor people. Yeah. (laughs) And so I sort of understood where the mom was coming from and was in some ways frustrated because when the daughter would like freak out and be like, I don't know, that sounds expensive. Like you are like mad about money going into the pockets of people that are not rich, that are like super working people. All of these jobs are like physical labor jobs. I think like it was almost egregious to me to see her want to hoard something that she didn't value, but for the sake of appearances versus like actually help like people that are working earn more. You know what I mean? Like, and, and so it was like, it was the idea that it was about an image versus a principle. I I just kind of resented that for image's sake, this was like all just kind of being held, right? 
I'm so convinced. I think you should run for office. You just completely <laughs> justified that and made me believe. Yeah. Okay. So you don't think this job is too crazy to accept? I definitely felt it was crazy. Like I wouldn't lie, but it was like a large amount of money in a really small amount of time. And you're like, mm. we can get through it. It's going to be fine. You could see right away that the mom honed in on me and was like, you are going to be my wedding friend. She liked you. Yeah, she liked me. you liked me. her. I liked her. Like, she would come up with just, like, the most ridiculous excuses to have a meeting. Like, she'd be like, you know what we need to talk about are the napkins. Come uptown. I'm going to show you the kinds of napkins that we need for this wedding. We're going to pick the napkins, and then we'll have lunch. <laughs> like, it was all, I think, in some ways, just a ruse to, like, but what I really think she wanted was somebody to have fun spending money with, right? And you'd go and you'd sit there and talk about napkins and then you'd talk about life and you'd talk about love and she'd ask about your love life. And you know, at the time I was recently divorced and she was like, marry Rich next time. She, oh, really? Oh yeah. She was just like, it's so much fun. She really was having a fun time with her life. Okay, so does this scam work at first? It's totally working. We're all getting along swimmingly. And then we have a, a meeting with the, caterer at the venue the bride says well look i was like and here's where we're going to put the flower arrangement with your escort cards and the escort card is a little piece of paper that tells you what table to go and sit at well that's called the escort card yes because it escorts you to your table i don't like that um, <laughs> so the escort card and the bride says you know i've been thinking a lot about it and i want to reduce the carbon footprint of the wedding and I was thinking that we could do that by having an edible escort card. This is the bride's this idea? This is the bride's idea. That's a very expensive idea. Well, I think she thought it would be a cheap idea because they were already paying for hors d'oeuvres. So she felt like, can we just put some of those hors d'oeuvres on this table and put toothpicks in them and have the toothpick have the, oh. the tag? And so I said, well, what hors d'oeuvre were you thinking of? This is a slightly strange idea. So the idea was to have bacon-wrapped dates on this tablecloth. I like the bacon wrap date, sure. And I thought, Oh, this but just is sitting going there, that's going to be to, gross. Yeah, it's with little toothpicks and like tags on them, like sails. And I was like, it's going to look like a table full of floating turds, like little turd ships. <laughs> you know? And so she leaves and I emailed the mother of the bride and I was like, everything was okay except this escort card thing. I was like, here's what she wants to do. I don't know how we're going to stop her. And she writes back, ah. Oh, for Christ's sake, I wish you were my daughter. And three hours later, I get a phone call and it's the mom whispering. And she's like, she knows everything. She saw the emails. <laughs> oh my God. She, Wait, she saw the emails saying she wished you were her daughter instead of her. That email. You know, <gasps> no. She saw. Oh, that's devastating. Oh, it's devastating. It's devastating. Oh, no. It's devastating. And so she so you've learned two things. Your mother is doing something behind your back that you don't want her to do and that she loves your wedding planner more than you. Like she's basically having like an adulterous affair with your wedding planner. Okay. Oh, like, no. And so she insists, rightfully so, that I be fired. Oh, you have to be fired. Of course. I have to be fired. But she can never talk to you again. But like the mom couldn't quit me. And she's like, <laughs> but I just, I can't do this without you. She's like, we have to figure this out. How long before the wedding did this the mom get This must be like two and a half weeks before the wedding. Like oh, three that's weeks before the wedding. Time. It's, it's crisis time. After the break, Sochil finds a way to work undercover for the mother of the bride. But first, our advertisers are going to sell you an escort. Yes, it has come to that. These are hard times for podcasts. 
As listeners to this show, you probably consider yourself pretty smart. But how smart is your wallet? When you're looking to upgrade your wallet, it's time to turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds has the financial smarts to help you find the right financial products for you. Before NerdWallet, you might have paid for vacations with whatever was in your wallet. But you could have been missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table. Now you can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G-connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is accelerating innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at tmobile.com slash now. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com news. That's LifeLock.com news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Okay, so the mom has fired you because she has to from her daughter's wedding. And do you just walk away at that point? Or is there more to this? We devise a ruse more elaborate than the first ruse where I take one of my staffers and I said, listen, obviously I understand I'm stepping back. Please meet Anita. Anita works for the caterer, and she's going to take care of everything from now on. Wait, this is the woman who works for you? Yes. Who's now pretending to work for the caterer. caterer. And the caterer is in on it, too. And the caterer now is in on it. Now everybody's getting glad. The florist is in on it. The baker is in on it. Everybody's in on it. Because they're presenting fake quotes at meetings, like like saying one thing, oh, this is like $200 a centerpiece. And then in reality, it's like $700. Like So like, like everyone is in on it. Everybody so now, is in on this. So now the bride thinks you're not working on the wedding, but you are through your proxies. I'm you through spies. my proxies, through my spies. And I'm still 
plotting and adding and, and decorating and doing things with the mom and deploying her orders to all of the vendors who they she thinks now report to her, but still report to this me as a head of state. What is the monetary differential between what the bride thinks she's paying and what she's actually going to pay? The bride thinks that we've added costs but probably like $10,000 worth of cost. Okay. And in reality, we probably added like $150,000 worth of cost. Like, All right. And you've been able to hide them. Yeah. And a lot of stuff she didn't even know about. Like, I don't even know that she ever noticed that we redid the floor. For instance, the bride thought that we were renting the venue, you know, for the day, like of the wedding. But we rented the venue for like a week in advance so that we would have time to do all the things we needed to do. She didn't know that in order to make the people fit, I was gonna need to build custom furniture. Do you know what I mean? Like, like, <laughs> like, why would she think about that? Like, I knew that and then I, her mother agreed and we paid the bill. Like, how many people do you have working on the inside for you? Every vendor, like, so every, the florist, the, the, the venue owner, like every You've vendor. you got someone because, embedded in each of these places. Yeah. So the day of the wedding comes and I, you know, and at least an hour before they were getting there, I was like, I have to make myself scarce. Right. And so I go and I post up like maybe a block or two away at a, at a restaurant and I'm just texting with like my staff. And I was like live, live giving orders. Right. Like as people and questions came up, but like from the moment that the mother of the bride woke up, she was paranoid that the daughter was going to find out. Right. Like now it's like, she's going to find out. She's going to find out. And I get a text from one of the people on my staff and they were like, the mom's drank a little bit too much and maybe hasn't eaten enough. And I was like, all right, we'll see if you can get, see if you can get her a little plate of food, you know, whatever, pull her to the side. And then it was like a text. It was like, something has gone south. The mom and the bride have disappeared and we can see them. They were like, they went to like a back room where guests wouldn't go. And they're clearly in it, like they're getting into it. And I guess what ended up happening was the mother of the bride got intoxicated and told the bride, like confessed the whole thing. Like the guilt was overwhelming her. No. And so she was like, I have to tell you, you know, she's like, do you like the way it turned out? Well, I never fired the planner. Like they actually did all of this. Like we, (laughs) and the bride, I don't know what reaction she thought she was going to get. But the bride lost it, right? Like, I mean, she's been deceived on her what? wedding day yeah. twice. And she, like, realizes that the people that she thought were catering staff still worked for me. So she's just, like, outraged, right? And, like, tells her mother, we've got to go to family therapy. You never can talk to her again. I never want to see her name again. I don't want to hear about her again. And like I an get, affair. You it was like an affair, affair. exactly. Yeah. And I get a, a text from the mother of the bride. She's like, this is goodbye. She knows everything. Like, like it's the end. <laughs> Have they contacted you either like when the book came out or? She did say congratulations. I got a note that said congratulations on your book. Oh, but she did? Like, yes. Like, but, like it was very classy. She's a classy lady. She's a classy, kooky lady. Um, I never heard from the daughter. And like, I, you know, I feel like that this probably was also a come to Jesus time about like class and money and presentation of self. But like, you know, I just think that the mom was longing for somebody to like want to throw a really good time, have a really good time with her, having a good time for other people. Was the wedding a success from the guest point of view, from your point of view? Was it a good wedding? I think it was a beautiful wedding. I think it was a beautiful wedding. And like, it was definitely a more comfortable, more like sort of, 
elegant affair, but it still felt like them. You know what I mean? Like it didn't feel like I know what the mom would have done and it would have been a very different party. Okay. So besides don't go into debt, do you have one piece of wedding advice you want to give people? This is like something I would have told a bridal magazine, but color is always free. No, like, it's like, 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 really, like, you could just, you can order anything in a color and it makes everything look much nicer and it doesn't cost you anything, right? Like, ask guests to wear, like, one bright color. It'll look really beautiful. This is great. Before you go, I have to ask you, what were your summer plans? (laughs) I'm, I'm spending it in my friend's house upstate that she rented while she plans a lavish wedding. So I am leaving Brooklyn this afternoon and going going upstate. Upstate is such a broad term. So it's I can't such a broad quite, term. See, that's I'm, I've I, learned over the years. I think <laughs> it's Hudson Valley. That's my guess. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I, I'm getting an idea of what's going on here. <laughs> Sochil Gonzalez, you wrote The Fake Poor Bride for The Atlantic. And it's the story of the week. Thank you so much for uh, coming on our show. Thank you so much for having me. This is a lot of fun. The place where I got married, which is called the Downtown Association, is a private club in Manhattan that's been there since 1887. Like dead animal heads on the wall, billiards room, cigar humidor, basically a real life game of Clue. And it came with its own wedding coordinator, a proper tall blonde woman with a way bigger engagement ring than Cassandra had. Usually she dealt with the bride's mom or at least the bride, but instead, She had to deal with me, which sucked for her. At one point, after explaining to her that I didn't want any flowers, I came up with this idea of having people just grab their food from the buffet and sit at any table they wanted to, like no escort cards. I I got halfway through this idea when the wedding lady said, that isn't done. She got really upset. And I didn't think that was a very good reason, but she was just not gonna let us do this for our guests. And I'm, I'm sure she was right. Like, honestly, no one wants to sit with Cousin Lou. Sorry, Lou. But you really didn't have to show everyone what every key on your giant key ring meant. That isn't done. At the end of the show, what's next for Joel Stein? Maybe he'll take a nap or poke around online. Our show today was produced by Kate McAuliffe and Nisha Venkut. It was edited by Lydia Jean Cott. Our engineer is Amanda K. Wang. And our executive producer is Catherine Girardot. And our theme song was written and performed by Jonathan Colton. And a special thanks to my voice coach, Vicki Merrick, and my consulting producer, Lauren Zelaznik. To find more Pushkin podcasts, listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Joel Stein, and this is Story of the Week. So do you regret having the wedding? Um, I feel relatively neutral about the fact that we had a wedding. You know that I didn't want to, I didn't want to be a bride. I don't have that princess bride dream. I don't either. I didn't have that dream, but I just, it was, (laughs) it was a beautiful wedding. Everybody knows who the bride was that day, Joel. And it wasn't me. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. 
for 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in! Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it! Um, can a girl go shopping? Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.